Hey, what's going on? This is your professional wrestling fix. Follow us on Facebook at 10 Wrestling Pro Wrestling Discussions, on Twitter at the NZ Geary, and catch new episodes of the 2300 Podcast and the Basement Dropkick on Anchor FM, Spotify, and other leading platforms. Welcome to the 2300 Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, D.B. Richards, alongside my referee, Dave Keener. And we have a guest today, live in the studio, named Johnny Nova, and he's going over NH2O. H2O. Over. There we go. Oh my gosh, before he walks into the studio, and I want to I mean, talk he's about... He's right now in our green room waiting... Like why, don't, why don't I have a green room for me to relax? That's not fair. Where, come, I need a secretary. Can we get a secretary? Oh, there's some news out there. We've got news. we got news. While we're waiting on Johnny Nova. Yes. Um, you want to hear the biggest news right now? Brian Pillman Jr. is Ooh, going AEW. And he'll make his debut on AEW Dark against Sean Spears, the perfect talent. Yeah, I think you can Sean find Spears that. Sean Spears will have Tully Lantern in his corner as well. I think we can find that on YouTube. I think it's a YouTube show, yeah. Yeah. And then um, here's big news with WWE. WWE just reported um, finalized purchase of Evolve Wrestling. That is good. A lot of great talent came out of Evolve. Oh my gosh, a lot of great stuff. Um, Matt Riddle. I hope WWE keeps Evolve going because that would be awesome. Have somebody in charge of it. Well, like I mean, it's did. like when they did with ECW back then. Yeah. They kept it going. Big time, big time. And then we got a couple more stuff I want to talk about. Jake Roberts talks about moving out of the DDP's home. Mm. Oh, you should have checked you that. This? Have you seen this guy? He's managing in AEW. Yeah. This Lance Archer. Lance Archer. Vance Archer, whatever he is. In the, uh, in New Japan, he tagged with um David Boyd Smith Jr. Yeah. This guy is good. This guy is huge. Yeah. So, we're ready. Um, Looks like Johnny Nova is coming in. Right. Hello, Johnny. Let's bring Nova in. The Integrity Network is officially brought to you by Royalties and Custom Apparel. Please visit www.royaltiescustomapparel.com. All one word. So what's the webpage again? www.royaltiescustomapparel.com. You can also reach them at 1-800-597-2517 and use promo code INSEGURI and receive 10% off your order of $25 or more. So Keener, um, what's that number again? That number once again is 1-800-597-2517. And use the Insiguri code and receive 10% off. How do you spell Insiguri? E-N-Z-U-I-G-I-R-I. Once again, that is E-N-Z-U-I-G-I-R-I. And how much do you take off? 10% off. Order of $25 or more. Oh, let's do it now. I'm wearing the shirts right now. And don't forget, you can also receive our shirts at royalties.com. Ooh, mm. we got shirts. We got shirts. Oh, we got shirts. Hey guys, this is Bob Mann from the Bob Culture Podcast here. Here to tell you a little bit about my pop culture podcast, where we're talking about wrestling, movie reviews, and interviews with the likes of Jim Ross, Jake the Snake Roberts, Velvet Sky, Summer Rae. We've even had a Ghostbuster on the show. That's right. So check us out right now at bobculture.podbean.com. We are also on iTunes, YouTube, YouTube, that's not a thing, YouTube, and all that good stuff. Enough shameless promo. Back to the show. Hi, I'm D.B. Richards alongside my referee friend, Dave Keener. He's not the better Keener, but he is a Keener. Yeah, just because my brother's been doing it long, I mean, don't mean anything. Keep with the show. Keep the show. Dude, like, 
I found you, okay? You were on the side of the road going like the hitchhiking. I picked you up. It was going the other way. But anyway, for the first time ever on the show, we have a live guest. Oh, we got a live guest. Who do we have live guests? Go ahead. I thought you were going to announce something because you're like, I am the best at announcing everything. Not the best, but. We got Johnny Nova. Hello, Johnny Nova. Hello. Greetings, both of you guys. Happy to be here. Welcome, welcome. Live and in person after three months of confinement. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You got your mask, right? Oh, of course. Okay, of course. good. Rocking my, rocking my lime green H2O mask right now. You know how it is. Well, that's how you rock in the new shirts that we have. Yeah, the new shirts we're wearing. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Love we, the we podcast, do, we, guys. We, we do it. have a sponsor that uh, shirts, but we haven't made them yet. Fair enough. Because this I was, I was kayfabing the shirts. I was pretending you actually had them on, but then oh, you guys you. went. See, at least he went, you went with it. You blew the spot. Know? You blew the spot. I, I had to blew the spot because it's funny. Like, he went with it. Other people don't go with it. So let's let's start off your the beginning of your career. So what what who trained you? Uh, starting off in the beginning after doing some you know backyard stuff like we all do. You Everybody know, does. I Everybody, thought I yeah, I thought I knew how to fall properly from doing it in the grass, but uh, Legrand Jackson, also known as Onslaught, was my original trainer. He trained me for about I'd say like five or six months. Uh, he was in a car accident, if I remember correctly. And so I lost, like, my head trainer after, like, six months. After that, um, we had, I had Shaheem, who's in Ring of Honor right now, part of Coast to Coast. Uh, there was a guy back then named Frankie Frizzo that helped me out a lot. Um, Rob, Rob Prefontaine, uh, Rob showed me, really showed me basically taught me wrist control in the very beginning. I, I always remember wrist control from Rob mm-hmm. Prefontaine. He's, he, he always taught me that a lot. But it was like a, a lot of guys coming together just to like show me different things earlier on. Yeah. But um, yeah, hum, definitely humble beginnings in the beginning there. Definitely just trying my best to just learn like every, anything I possibly could after like having your head trainer go down. It was scary. I, did, I didn't know. I was like, oh, everything will be fine, right? And they're just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> you know, so fun so, times. We're gonna go into your real life a minute. Okay. Um. So um. You um. Start um. With the whole um. You working for Bates? Mm-hmm. How did that help you? Um. With the motions in your wrestling career. Well, yeah. After I um. After like early on, like training with ACPW and everything, uh, fizzled out. I kind of didn't have like a place to like perform wrestling anymore. So. I've, I've I'd always gone to the Haunted Hayride when I was younger. I, yeah. I grew up in Aston, which is like 15 minutes from the far, Arisafa Farms. And I saw like on Facebook they were looking for actors. And I, I wasn't doing anything at the time. I was just taking care of my grandpa at home, working at GameStop, like just mm-hmm. watching wrestling on TV and just wishing to perform. So going there, I knew it would be fun, but I didn't realize how much it would help. Like you were saying, like it's just with Casimo uh, there uh, was one of the actor trainers who really like drove home like body language and... Yeah, Cos, you know what I'm talking about. Cosmo, yeah. Yeah, Cosmo. He was the man. And um, I was, I'm awful with names, but Rob and uh, his brother. Rob and Sean. Sean. Uh, great. Uh, Sean helped me out a lot. The acting training. Uh, they were all great there. But just helping with facial expressions, body language, conditioning, too. I did the hill, hillbilly part of the hair. I lost 30 pounds the first year. I, I do the sawmill mm-hmm. in the hayride. And jumping on the wagon and putting my leg over and yep. leaning in and working out and everything. 
Uh, yeah, I lost at least 40 pounds during the season. Yeah, the fir- my first season, I think I was like 225 pounds. I, I, like I said, I have been wrestling for like two years at that point. So like not doing anything in the gym, going out there and just jumping on a wagon, jumping off, and then, oh, here comes the next wagon. Do it again. Back into position. <laughs> jump out, hit the fire on the thing. Sometimes when Deutsch wasn't there, I'd be kicking the door with the shotguns. Now I'm logging around a 10-pound shotgun all night as well. So as far as the conditioning and just overall, like, physical body performance like a performance art it really helped me form a foundation i didn't really have before my original pro wrestling training right you know did you do anything in school like plays or anything like that no i was always i always wanted to like funny i always think back to when i was a kid like i've always wanted to wrestle like wwe wwf back then like i i had all the tapes and everything so that was like what i always really wanted to do but i do remember like random times throughout like my childhood i'd see like a stage performance and get like one of my friends in high school did like a tap dancing routine one year and I told my mom I was like I want to do tap dancing now it was like it was because of like the performance aspect yeah. like I was always was wanted to be on stage I guess but wrestling was like the main thing for me always but no I, I was always too like I guess shy or nervous to like go into the drama club or you know dance or anything like that I just like wrestling was badass to me so I was like everything else isn't as cool or whatever I don't know what my ignorant way of thinking was but it wasn't I just didn't really have any interest or like I guess the balls to like want to try anything else until like later on in my life i guess we'll get there but in my adult life i eventually did do theater but it was much much later i totally understand like i love watching old school movies when you're seeing like the like sammy davis jr tapping or um and Mm -hmm. i'm like i want to learn that and i still want (laughs) to learn you just see like an impressive skill and you're like like i never saw tap dancing in my life you know what i'm saying like i but like that was like one of those things but like just random stuff like that uh, just like I remember getting it, like going to my first like concert when I was a kid of course like uh, two months later I have a guitar you know what I mean like stuff yeah. like that it, like you see stuff and you try it and like either realize you don't like it or you fail and it, but I always just went back to wrestling that like it was always just like okay well at least I have this and I, I really feel like this is what I, I would if I got the opportunity to do it I'd be okay at it you know what I mean yeah, that, yeah. that's why I looked at it I, I still go back and I'll watch the old promos from the Midnight Riders which were Dusty and Magnum mm-hmm like watching those promos and watching even like Jake Roberts, the emotion in his promos and the acting and everything else, just that stuff always made me want to get into wrestling yeah. and the acting and the combination of wrestling and haunting and athletics stuff like that pretty much were one and the same for me. Yeah, it's all performance art. Right, it's all it's performance all art. performance art. If, if it part of, at some point in the hayride, all of a sudden, like, there was a wrestling ring and a bunch of people wrestling and then it was zombie wrestling, nobody would bat an eye. Be like, no. oh, they have a wrestling scene. Because it's all performance art. You could do one. You could have a tap dancing zombie on the hayride, too. And people would, funny. It would find, yeah. his foot could fly off because he's a decaying zombie. And, like, that's just how you fit it into the Bates thing. Like, there's, there were times <laughs> when... Uh, my buddy Rob, we both did the zombie mall last year, and Quinn was in the same scene with us. Mm-hmm. And there was a time where I wanted to grab Rob's arm and just whip him into the thing and just like beat him up. Yeah, just start and shooting out there. I all feel the you. performance and everything else was fun, like Halloween night. I I really was like my dream is to put a wrestling show together. Mm-hmm. And from my ideas, and I know I'm not a wrestler, but I have ideas. I have storylines in my head, mm-hmm. and I like that's the thing I like. I like to give stories and. I look at it this way. I mean, like, Vince McMahon, like, he found out his father was a wrestling promoter after how many years? You know what I mean? He wasn't super into it or anything growing up, and then he became the best promoter of all time. So it's like, you don't, anyone that's gatekeeping in the business, I like to call it nowadays, like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, he he didn't get, like, Goldberg didn't 
come up like everyone else, yeah. but became a lot of people's favorite wrestler. Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman. Sting and Sting and Ultimate Warrior were just bodybuilders. Right. They, hey, you, you guys mm-hmm. want to give this a try? And then they both turned out to be two of the greatest of all time. So don't let that discourage you. Mm-hmm. Don't even start off with that. Braun Strowman. Just say I want to run a pro wrestling show. And here are my ideas. Don't 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 discount yourself. You know. Oh, I, I have yeah. to put the money together for it. Oh yeah. That, that, if that's the only issue, then that should be the it's only the issue. It's the money thing. Don't worry about not being in the business. So I might have to go find that. Um, the Mark Money guy, and mm-hmm. maybe get that money and start doing it. <laughs> uh, I hope it works out for you. Oh, that's like so. So, um, going through beats and learning how to do the motions and all that—that's the thing that got my attention at one of the H two O shows. Mm-hmm. So, like watching the motions from the H two O show, the twenty six episode, mm-hmm. I think it's called this. Uh, undis- Undiscovered twenty six. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. That uh, that oh. aired live last Monday on IWTV. That that was plug, awesome. Plug, plug. I, I watched it twice already, and I love it. Thank you. Appreciate and that. I, I, Matt, I, I love that show. Matt and um, Preacher does an amazing job. Yeah. With that stuff and it really is a great collaborative effort there with both of those guys. Like. It, like Matt, Matt's done a lot in his career, and he feels like he wants to give back to everyone at this point, which I think is That's rare. Amazing. And Dave, I'm looking straight at you right now. It's rare in this business oh, yeah. for people. I mean, to I remember the first that. time I met Matt. Yeah, we were both on the same show. Mm-hmm. It was the KCW show, the Derby. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, who the hell is this Matt guy? Kind of. That was the first time I met him too. And... I, did, I have a funny addition to the story, but please continue. But I, mm-hmm. I met Matt that night because I was repping that match, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I have no clue who this Matt guy is, but he's taking the fall so one two three see you later mm-hmm. okay but i said hi to him he said hi back and then i met him scary at first right right mm-hmm. i went to help him out with a buddy of his that rented out the building from matt at first and matt's like where the hell do i know you i'm like i wrapped your match about a year ago kcw he's like oh yeah well, what are you doing here i'm like i told these kids i come help him out mm-hmm. why not and he knows. Day, I mean, he knows your brother too. Obviously. Yeah, oh yeah. Mike's every Wednesday night. Mm. Um, and I'm helping these guys out, and these two guys who are probably been only wrestling for about two weeks were like, "Well, you're gonna take a double choke, some." I'm like, "The <laughs> hell I am!" Oh jeez. I'm like, "How long have you guys been working?" Uh, a couple weeks. I'm like, "Okay, let's a do that spot." A couple weeks. But they're having a match. <laughs> right. Where like, was this at? This this I, was Christian Ross. Christian thing he did. Uh, okay. And gotcha. uh, these two guys went to gotcha. choke slam me, and they went for the spot, and I just rolled because out. I didn't know. Like, I thought done. I thought he was putting a real like a real show together. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was backyard stuff. I feel you. So I was Probably like, oh, like a, we'll come a, bir- a birthday party type show. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll come up and help you guys, and and I was like, they had Miles and Tim Taylor on there. Okay. And it was it was a good it was a good sh- yeah that, that was a good match. And mm-hmm. That was when Miles like first debuted. Yeah. And I was like, crap, okay, I know, I know Miles because we did an interview with him. And a friend of mine, um, he's like, yeah, I have a friend named Colton. I was like, oh, cool. And I'm like, okay, and that's how I know him by that name because that's how we started talking. Yeah. And, and. Kayfabe so, looking at me. Oh, yeah, Kayfabe looking at me. I don't <laughs> see you here. now. But, um, yeah, like, he's like, I got a friend. And I'm like, okay, and that's how I, I got to know Miles and all. So I was like, oh, cool, you're going to be at this show. Cool, I've never seen you wrestle before. Cool. And I watched this whole show. I'm like, what am I watching? And they want me to talk over the mic. No, I don't want to talk over the mic. It's mm-hmm. weird. It's like, it's okay doing this on, on the radio, like putting it together. But when you're doing over the mic, you don't want to say something stupid. Oh, yeah, and, you're live. We're live, pal. Yeah. We're live. I don't want to go over it with the whole no. crowd. There mm-hmm. and say some stupid, scary. It's at, nerve, yeah. it's nerve at the end of that match, Matt pulls Miles and Tim aside and said, "You guys have got potential. Mm-hmm. Go for it." Now Miles has been holding titles all over. See, like yeah. what I seen. Out How of many years ago was this? This was 
two or three. Two years ago, I think. Yeah. And um, whatever, when we started doing interviews. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it was like a year or something ago. But um, what I seen with Matt um, training, like Sean Henderson, how um, he does with Chris Bradley. Yeah. And I'm um, sorry, Chris Bradley and um, Christian Ross. Everybody's amazing. Even the kids, that, um, Austin Luke or Luke Austin. Austin Luke, Dylan McKay, and, and Marcus Mathers, funny. all those guys. I grew up with Austin's mom. That's funny. What's that? I grew up with Austin's mom. Oh, I yeah? used to know her down the shore when they lived in Wildwood. Nice. Good but kid. we're talking about Matt right now. Um, can right. we talk about Matt? So, <laughs> so like I watched him make these guys and putting his shoes together. I was like, amazing mm-hmm. how great he is and how friendly he is. It was, it was totally game-changing for me once I went there. Just Even the undiscovered, like a lot of the time, it's like straight up, who's here tonight? And then like, but like the show does not look like that because yeah. we, everyone does such a good job of collaborating and putting like a good product together. Like it's part of it's knowing the crowd, but like the other part of it is just everyone there wants to be there. Like actually yeah. wants to be there. Oh yeah. And that's the made, that's a huge difference compared to everywhere else I've been. I started, I started, because I know Christian a little bit longer because of the whole backyard mm-hmm. thing, because I know He's Christian. awesome, by the way. Christian oh, yes. Ross. Oh, he, my goodness. So, I I started calling him the full-time jobber. Mm-hmm. And, like, somebody started stealing my full-time jobber um, channel. Oh, I mean, you got it over. You can't say they stole I, it. They're just, they they're stole just, it from They're imitating. Because I had plans for it. Because I was going to talk <laughs> to Christian to make shirts. It says full-time jobber on it. Mm-hmm. And somebody stole it. And somebody stole it. Made a sign up. And I'm like, Arr. I mean, it happens. I know. But at least at least it got caught on. But mm-hmm. I'm happy about that. What, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, he's awesome. He has a big match this Friday uh, as well. Keep an eye out. It's going oh, to be a good show. But let's, go, let's keep I, going. Well, getting, talking about 26 real quick, Chuck and uh, Christian. I, I know i got to talk about my boy real quick. Mm-hmm. Chuck that Payne. Was yeah. You Chuck Payne fan. Oh, yeah. Oh, Love time. me some Chuck, Chuck Payne. Chuck is great. Doesn't he look like... Um, um, Little John and um, Men in Tights. Robin Hood Men in Tights. Mm, I see. I have to watch that movie again. I saw it once a few years ago. Uh, I know it's a classic, but when he when Chuck I think Chuck came... Payne looks like Chuck Payne, and Chuck Payne is a monster. <laughs> That's all you need to say. When I just want to do a Men in Tights. Well, Mike, Mike to help with him. And when him and Kyle were starting a tag team, it's like great. Let's do something. Let's mm-hmm. get this going. And they were a great tag team together. Payne brothers, right? Right. Mm-hmm. All three of us, kind of. <laughs> I, I manage them every now and then. Gotcha. Um. But that's why if you see me in the crowd, I look exactly like Chuck. So mm-hmm. for that reason. Um, so, but anyway, yeah, he's a monster. He's gonna go far. Oh, damn right. So, um, how how was it like telling your family members that you want to be a pro wrestler? Oh, uh, over the years, I mean, ups and downs. I mean, there's there's times where they see me out there like being successful, and I think they get it. There's other times where they get frustrated and wish that I was a doctor and an accountant. Mm-hmm. But I think even if I didn't want to be a wrestler, I probably wouldn't want to be a doctor or an accountant either. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, it's fun. It's just my uh, my brother is a huge supporter. He, okay. he all he's he's always up to seeing up to what I'm doing and everything like that. Yeah. And uh, I have close friends that are always always hitting me up since I you know I, yeah. people I've known since kindergarten and middle school like that. That's the stuff, like the fit, like the family part of it to me. Oh, that's yeah. important is like just the people that remember when it was just like me on a trampoline in the backyard and stuff like that. <laughs> now they see me like on Fight TV and IWTV and stuff, and that's fun. And like I'm not even saying that's like huge or nothing. I'm I'm very 
I'm just happy for those opportunities, but I want to go a lot further. Like obviously the dreams, WWE, AEW, New Japan. Those are like my big three. So big, well, those are my goals. Out of all your trainers, you can or people that you respect. My in the trainer business. is 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 preacher Phineas James and Matt Tremont. Those are my trainers. Like at the end of the day, when when they ever they, they ever get like a bio made of me or whatever, and they list trainers, that's those are my trainers. I love onslaught, but like. Mm. He was he was my OG trainer. He got me the basics down that got me into Harley races, camp advanced class, which Ooh. I will always always got to rest Harley. Always thank Legrand for. But Preacher br- brought me to the next level as far as like understanding ring psychology, how to tell a story mm-hmm. and execute in there. And yeah. Okay, my question was going to come to put it together mm-hmm. to the whole question was what was the best advice they ever given you? Best advice I've I've ever been given by like. By like by my trainers, by your trainers uh, or anybody that you're probably, respected. and uh, I think this is very important, especially for the younger guys, is uh, wrestle and perform for the crowd that wants to see you take the checkered flag, not the crowd that sees you that wants to see you crash. You know what I'm saying? If you're a NASCAR yeah. driver, do you want to? Are you racing for the fans that want to see you win, or are you racing for the fans that want to see you crash? And I'm not gonna name any names, but there's wrestlers in this business that fans want to watch their stories that yeah. they want to tell mm-hmm. and there's other guys they just want to see do a big move and maybe get hurt and i don't like that oh, I, hate I that. like the idea of going out there and telling a story and if a huge spot or stunt or whatever anyone wants to call for it we're going to do a cool maneuver tonight like and if and it makes sense and like yeah the blood feed or something like i get that but yeah i think that's the best advice i ever got is because it's more challenging to me to go out there and try to tell a, like a greatest wrestling match ever type match but a slow and like a slow and deliberate type build not even i'm not even gonna put labels or detail or anything but telling a story versus showing like a car crash i think i think there's places for both of it in the business but to be that type of guy like i look up to guys like my top three in my opinion are like cm punk undertaker Shawn michaels like you can i, can, I interchange them all the time because of like you know where i was in life and watching it and everything else and like why i was watching wrestling at the time but those are my three and i think back i'm like why why did I love them so much? Undertaker, character, entrance, and just mm-hmm. overall theatrics. Shawn Michaels, over-the-top character, theatrics. And, yeah, big moves, like the moonsault. Like, yeah. everything like that was spectacular. CM Punk comes down to it. Promos. Oh, yeah. Straight up, and then we just came up on character on work. This weekend. Yeah, character work. And I, I think to myself, I'm like, I want to be like those guys. I love I love Jeff Hardy. I think mm-hmm. Darby Allen's awesome. I, mm-hmm. I, 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 but like, the, uh, like Allen scares me. He's scared. That's the thing. Like, he, he's constantly killing himself out there. Constantly. It's like orange. To, <laughs> orange scares me too. Oh, me. I love Orange Cassidy. Oh, but when he I puts his it. hands in his pocket and doing all the flips and all. But it's impressive. Scary. It is impressive. It's impressive. But it still scares me. But that's what I'm saying. It's like that stuff belongs on. I'm not. I'm never gonna be a guy that's like a purist that you know it's gonna go crazy and say like it needs to be just this because that's not what any type of entertainment is. Music, no. movies, TV, books, mm-hmm. everything, wrestling has to have different flavors and at the end of the day almost every wrestling show is a variety show and it's good to have comedy it's good to have women's matches it's good to have tag team matches it's good to have you know your big title match that's serious and emotional and like has a little blood in it but yeah. it's fine also to have Mr. Ulala go out there and do his thing you know what I mean right it's like <laughs> Ulala we were, we were Undiscovered 26 um, a couple Mondays ago um, there were great high fly matches the comedy match between Frankie and Stan just had me giggling the whole entire time. That was was great. That was Mm -hmm. good. That was fun. Two monsters like Christian and Chuck. Yes. Wrestling each other. Just great. Everything pieced itself out 
perfectly for mm-hmm. that show. But I the only thing that. I didn't care for was the refereeing part because you could tell they're not experienced referees. Like, but they fair observation. Most of those guys are trained to be professional wrestlers. Their heart is to be wrestling in that ring. So that's yeah. that's they're, they're they need to learn all aspects of the business. But they're 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 uh, a lot of the time they're transfixed by the action in front of them as well. You know, yeah. <laughs> when you were out there, we saw the emotion in the tag match and everything else, the, the way you emote, the way you work, body language, everything else was just perfect for what they wanted at H2O. I appreciate that. Yeah, a lot of that, um, you remember Natalie? She was a makeup artist? Yeah. She She's the one that got me like into theater and like my time away from wrestling. So like I trained those first few years at ACPW. That was like three years. It took five years off before going out to Harley's camp and then eventually finding h2o but um in those five years when i was working at Bates, once i was done with the base she hit me up to audition for a play she was doing called rope i went out there i was like i'll just give it a try why not i know like acting and wrestling go hand in hand and i wasn't wrestling at the time i was missing it but um got like the lead part in it had to memorize like so many lines i was not (laughs) i actually looked it up i looked up luke skywalker's lines in all three original star wars movies and they it was like half of what i had to memorize for this play in a british accent (laughs) in like at a community playhouse that's been around for like a hundred years and like i'm like oh my god i don't know what i'm doing you know which playhouse swathmore yeah uh, the um the art the ardmore colonial or whatever playhouse yeah can you do uh, an english accent not anymore not (laughs) anymore because my uh, family's English, so I would love to hear. Oh yeah, no, terrible. I have to like prepare. I would get. I would go to like a dark corner of the place and prepare. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> we had a linguist and everything. Uh, John Devine, great guy. But um, she brought out a lot of that in me. She was ruthless as a director. She would sit out there and like if I was just half assing it, she would tell me and like <laughs> it helped me out a lot because I was uh, like. That's, that summer is when I went out to the Harley Race Camp and started wrestling like for KCW again and acting on stage and then wrestling at the same time right after doing baits and learning right. all that physical theater. Yeah. On top of my past pro wrestling training, it all like it all bundled together really well and helped me out getting to H two O and I mean, there's, getting there's on, a day when you know, we're at all Bates those and shows. Quinn will agree with us where we just go through emotions and we go through movements and just stuff like that to make sure that you know what you're doing. Yeah, we can just walk in a circle. Like, and then like put circle. the string on your chest, put the string on your back. Like, that right. stuff helps. Walk helps like a, a monkey or an elephant or <laughs> I think I still think about all that stuff. Like, before I go through the curtain, if I'm if I'm playing heel, Johnny, you know, like, I always have the jacket on, but, like, if I'm trying to look more, like, fancy and, like, narcissist-type like narcissist yeah. character, I'm going to put the string on my chest. If I'm going to be, like, a baby face that night and, like, throw it down I get out there I'm putting the string up more like on my shoulders trying to like give like a more like gruff like right. young and grizzled veteran type feel to things like that's I just, I'm always thinking of that stuff and that's like that goes back to like Casimo and uh, Sean like those acting classes really helped like, me I think I, I think it helped a lot of people there I have a habit like Italian wrestling when you get in the ring wipe your feet to yeah it's all about respect respect so I'm on field security for the Philadelphia Phillies mm-hmm. so before I hit that field I wipe my feet Every single time. Because of wrestling, right? Because of wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just to pay the respect of the people that I know have played on that field. Yeah. And it's just... It's like every time I walk past like an Oscar the Grouch style looking trash can, I have to bash it over someone's head out of respect for the pro wrestling business, you know? (laughs) (laughs) 
but no, I completely understand what you're saying. Pro wrestling. Uh, you ever thought about how like bumping has helped you in life? Yeah. You ever fall down and go, wait a minute, if I never wrestled, I probably would have put my elbow back and really I, hurt myself. I have a habit of every single time I go swimming, mm-hmm. that if I dive, I automatically flip and yeah. my chin tucks in. Automatically. Well, to see the new generation of wrestlers, Dave, we know how to spike bump now, so we can oh, st- yeah. we can dive properly in right. the pools. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Uh, I mean, it's an automatic thing. If I'm jumping or if I'm falling, I tuck automatically. Do you want to hear his story on road story? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. oh, but no, oh, like I, I played roller hockey like in my time off, and uh, so many times like swamp feet go right out from underneath mm-hmm. you. And first thing it's like just you know Jesus pose, come down, tuck your chin. And, oh yeah. And so many times I think to myself, we're not playing help with helmets out there at CN Skate Palace. Yeah. How many times can I whacked my head back? You know what I'm saying? Wrestling saved me a lot of times in that regard. What? what Falling what, off bikes what was as the skate a kid. Place? CN Skate Palace. Oh my gosh. Yes. A legendary place. arena. I miss that place. Yeah, same. Oh my gosh. We used to do Hockey Night in Aston. Shout out to the boys oh. from Hockey Night in Aston. Oh my gosh. That, Good I, times. Good I remember times. going there. I remember going there when I was a kid going birthday parties and stuff like that. Yeah. My gosh. We would I rent mean, it out every Friday night from like midnight to, or no, 10.30 to midnight. And uh, yeah. we were just, we would fa- advertise for it on Facebook and like, Everyone's throwing in 10, throwing in 10 bucks. Like 30, 40 people would show up sometimes. And like, it's 125 bucks to rent. So you, you would have so much leftover money to continue renting it for weeks when there was only 10 people that would show up. And a lot of good times at Hockey Night Nasty. Oh my gosh, that's a lot of good great times. to run there. Oh, dude, that would have been a great place for a wrestling show. I agree. I create it in WWE 2K every year. I create CN Skate Palace because I always dreamed about doing like an indie show there. Yeah. I always thought it would be perfect. That place is still around, right? Like, no. Like it got, got sold. It was originally going to be turned into a, like an old folks home from what I heard. And then that never happened. And it just sits there now. Yeah. When um, should, A true shame. should buy it and start a wrestling it, It's a wrestling school waiting to happen right there. I know. Yeah. When I, Car- I have ideas already. <laughs> when Carino was running PWF up in Pottstown, Phoenixville area. What year is that? 02, 03. Okay. Um, we went up all the way up to Warrington. Okay. And we did a show at the Warrington Skating Rink. And it was, Matt Stryker was there. And like these guys just coming up. Matt Stryker was just coming up, too. Mm-hmm. And it was it was really cool to do it in a skating rink, but yeah. also weird at the same time. I was like an ICW last night. I was up there with Tremont when he made a surprise appearance and like just being out like near the boardwalk and stuff. Yeah. Like d- during his entrance was separate ways by Journey playing. Just coincidentally off like on another boardwalk, there's fireworks going off in the sky like behind the hard cam, <laughs> and you're like, this is like that couldn't happen in a in a wrestling arena or a, yeah. anywhere. Like that only could happen like out on the boardwalk like that. It was really cool. I love the. Uh, Different settings in wrestling, like uh, Lucha Underground, have their temple and everything yeah. like that. It's 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 a special thing. Oh my god! Back back in the nineties, when I was working in Wildwood, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you remember Dinosaur Beach. No. The old Hunts Pier. I only went to Wildwood like twice when I was younger. Right. <laughs> so Hunts Pier was bought out by this company called Dinosaur Beach. Okay. And in the back um, was they did a wrestling show like every other Friday, and it was Mark Mast and his people. Mark Mast, yeah. So I would go back. I would hang out. Mm-hmm. Walk in for free and 
friends of mine from the board open, but what are you doing? I'm like, this is my crew, mm-hmm. hanging out, having a good time. You love doing that. You love just showing up to play. Like you, you just told a story about Matt going, where do I know you from? Right. <laughs> he just like he just the phantom of indie wrestling, <laughs> Dave Keener. <laughs> <laughs> just well, shows like, up. <laughs> I was revving the match at KCW, and I'm like trying not to crack up while you're doing commentating. You're like, come on, Keener! Oh, uh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, my gosh, dude. You didn't have to scream in my ear. <laughs> Sorry. My gosh. I do remember that. I, I did do commentary in those five years off. Right. Here and there. Let's talk about more about your career. Um, After training and all that, mm-hmm. what happened next? Uh, Well, right when I found H2O about a year ago, after doing, like, KCW for a while, that's pretty much the only like place I had to train, like breaking back in. But then mm-hmm. H2O happened. Right around the time I found H2O, I was on a show with Ken Kennedy. I, fe- I went to him in the locker room and just glued myself to him and just asked a million questions. And I remembered he had had a wrestling squad out in Minneapolis. Hmm. I asked him if my tag partner and I could come out there and whatever he needs, I'll be out there. He goes, all right, come out for a week. Uh, and I asked him, what's the best week? He goes, well, we're doing a seminar with Booker this week. I flew out there. Uh, Suntan Superman Darian Hardway uh, came out Darian. with me. Uh, fun st- fun fact, that story you were telling earlier that I wanted to add on to, where you, when you met Matt Tremont for the first time at yeah. KCW, that was the first time I met Matt that night as well. And also in the crowd that night was a young Darian Hardway yeah. asking me how to train. Asking how to train. So Darian asked how to train that night. The same night Matt was there. Now we're both in H2O, and I'm here that's, now. That's it's, it's, it's crazy, you know what I mean? Crazy uh, Circle of life, you know? how everything happens. But, um... Back to the what we were talking about with um, Minneapolis. Yeah, I went out there for a week. Got to spend like nine, ten hours with Booker T one day, just asking him questions because like I was staying at like Kennedy's place, so it was yeah. like didn't have it. Like after the seminar, like all the other wrestlers that came for the seminar bounce yeah. for some reason. I, yeah. You should never leave if, you, if any wrestlers are listening to this. Just stay until they kick you out and ask questions. What are you doing out there? But um, always ask questions. Always. Um, right. But yeah, I just got to. I just asked him a million questions that day, and then like reflected on it with with Ken the next day, and then we went to a convention near Wisconsin the day after that, and like Sting's out there, Jimmy Hart. I got to see Greg Hammer again. Uh, just a uh, huge convention, Alundra Blaze. Um, got to sit and talk with uh, uh, David Arquette even like it was fascinating to talk to David Arquette just watched Ready to Rumble awesome. by the way oh, we yeah. just, let me show you the picture of five Daves in one picture Oh yeah, you'll, you'll see. That, that's a, that's a, I can already imagine who it's gonna be, but I'm I'm pumped. Um, but yeah, that week was incredible. Uh, that I learned a lot that week. Uh, visiting other schools that yeah. frequently I think really helps to understand where different wrestlers and the business come from and how different styles evolve and attitudes and whatnot. And so, then yeah, H2O, I just kind of did undiscovered, and here we are now with. Uh, so meeting um, Booker T, what was the best advice he ever gave you? Ah. Uh, Booker had tons of great advice. Uh, I think he has talked about having respect for your business and the, the, for the business, and in turn having respect for yourself. Like you're in the business, you have respect for the business. You're in the business. You got to respect yourself yeah. as well. And uh, he just taught me a lot about like uh, he just nothing's impossible. I'll just put it that way. For a lot of the stories he told me, is just he he made it clear from where he came from, the things that he did before wrestling, nothing is impossible, yeah. and that as long as you work hard and listen. Yeah. to the generation that came before you and take their advice and on and take risks yourself and like he did I, I think he he just he he hammered home I asked him a million questions that weekend so hammering oh, down one one piece of advice is hard but he just he taught me a lot 
about how what it takes to be professional in this business and how to how to, how to carry yourself. I think is the, what it comes down to. Booker T knows how to carry himself, and he makes you want to be like that, being around him. I met Booker twice. Mm-hmm. One was at the Blue Rock Stadium, mm-hmm. and was at um, Icons Wrestling. Yeah, great guy. And he ran into me on his little swag way. He's like, I'm sorry, sir, sorry. <laughs> Wait, he what ran, was he riding? Like, he was on his little swag thing. And if it goes forward, I don't know what they're called. <laughs> the swag way. Is it like a little... <laughs> He ran I can into just, me. I'm just imagining him on it. That sounds like great. he ran into me. He's like, "Oh, I'm very sorry, sir." And I'm like, "That's okay. You just hit me. That's awesome." That's funny. <laughs> but um, you just bend over for a scissors kick. I, I didn't buy an autograph. <laughs> they they wanted to pay fifty bucks for his autograph, and I didn't have the money to do it because at the time I'm struggling, but I'm helping a friend. No worries. Do icons, and he's somebody I wanted to meet. But I heard he was going to be at the Blue Rock Stadium, and I was like, "Oh my gosh." Like I, I went after Ron, um, Ron Simmons' autograph that night at Icons. Ron I did a cool. seminar and with Mark Ron Henry. one time. He was I awesome. wanted Mark Henry's autograph, and I wanted D'Lo Brown's. I, I wanted all these wrestlers to put in my collection, and um, and I didn't have the money for Booker T. You know, what I mean, it's like no, and and plus the line was so long. So when I went to Blue Rocks, I told this story, mm-hmm. and I had I had to get Farouk's um, Ron Simmons. Oh yeah, he's the man. Oh, great he's guy. great, great guy. He gave me a lot to. of good advice too. I love, I love Farouk. Met him. At at the Ron last Simmons. icons, my Dude. son was with us, mm-hmm. and my son is 15, and he's he thought he, was, he thought he was 21. And Ron's like, "Damn boy, you look like you're about 21." You mean he said, "Damn, yeah, damn." <laughs> and he's like, "Here, take this one on me." I'm like, "Thanks, Ron." <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. He's yeah, a great. Cool. Yeah, he, he taught me. He said conviction, like everything. <laughs> he said everything you do needs to have conviction. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't. Like that means it means something. Like your conviction means you believe yeah. in it. And like you see him out there, he would lay, he would lay people out, and you believed it. Yeah. You know, but you never heard a bad thing about him. No, I, so, I, he, he never hurt no one. Bit. So it's like he was a favorite of mine. I enjoyed his. Work. I believe him. Yeah. Between conviction. Betrayed. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, but um yeah. Doom. Um, there was a one of our friends. Um, he um is George. His name's George Bonarino. Um, his mom drove. ECW wrestlers around, and he she knew all these wrestlers and mm-hmm. drove them from airport to stuff like that. And she passed vital, away. Vital part of the business. It doesn't really exist anymore. Like, um, she passed away a couple of years ago. I think three years ago. Now, like sad. You know, what I mean, Ron yeah. Simmons knew her very well. She's Mo. basically part of the business, like yeah. unsung hero. Yeah. yeah, Mo Mo drove. It's like Kathy that does it now. Mm-hmm. Like she drives everybody around in this area. Yeah, you know what I mean, and um. She did that all for Ron, Terry Funk. Um, Terry Funk's awesome. I've met him so many times. I was supposed to spend a day with Terry Funk in April before all this nonsense took place. Gosh, uh, you should have brought me, will you? Uh, yeah. Nah, you know how I am with asking questions to these guys. I would have just glued myself all day. Just Dude, like, I think I would be chilling when you listen Terry to these Funk. stories. Because you don't understand, with a guy like Terry Funk, you don't just just you get to ask about like the seventies, eighties, the nineties, and the two thousands, yeah. and not just. Classic wrestling, but deathmatch wrestling, yeah. Japanese wrestling, WWF, WCW. He he's been everywhere and done yes. it like that. That's someone who like uh, him and Bob Backlund. I was supposed to do work with in in March. I was gonna do a segment with Bob Backlund with the Sixers. What a like that's lost the time now. When am I ever gonna get to work with Bob Backlund again? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the stuff like I that. Was, I was so happy to meet him too. I was like, oh great my guy, gosh, Bob out of Backlund. control, out of control individual, <laughs> Bob Backlund. We're, we're friends with um, Jordan Sapinski. Okay. 
Um, he had a friend named Dustin. He passed away to cancer. And um, this was, oh my gosh, I think it was like, oh something. Um, I can't remember. I think it was like, oh six, oh seven, somewhere around. It's a shame. Uh, he, he was a good friend. I miss him a lot. Um, so Mo, this is the thing about Mo. Mo called up Terry Funk, asked him, can you call Dustin? And Terry called Dustin up. The only thing they talked about wasn't wrestling. It was talking about beating cancer. That's awesome. And, oh my gosh, when I heard that, when I saw Terry again, I was like, thank you, That's sir. The thing, when you talk to a guy like Terry Funk, I mean, like, you hear that guy talk, it's oh like, you've heard his promos a million times. Oh, yeah. Victor now, Warrior. imagine if you're trying to beat cancer, and Terry yeah. Funk talking to you about beating cancer, yeah. and he's breaking into that, like, that oh. Terry Funk boy. You know, yeah. That's all you need. Forever. So, that's, that's a beautiful Forever. thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> dude, like, I, I was like, thank you for doing it. He's like, it's my pressure to, to help somebody out. That's great. He lost his battle, and I miss him every day. You know what I mean? Good friend, you know what I mean? But I, I remember running into Terry before because Mel was still alive at the time. Mm-hmm. I was like, have you seen Mel? She's like, I haven't seen my daughter yet. You know what I mean? He called her daughter. She called yeah, her father. That's you know what great. I mean? That's how great they were together. And I'm like, and he then he started talking about his um, operation he had. Mm-hmm. And like he's like, yeah, my operation. Tell me his whole life. And I'm like, man. That is freaking awesome. He's the man. Like, he's st- and he's still, he still wants to wrestle. Like, that's yeah, insane. That's amazing. And it's so sad. He that's lost inspiring. His wife. He lost his wife. Um, was it recently? I think it was. Early, I, I, it's early. lost in the shuffle for me. Yeah. Like, it's. I Everything hate to say just, something like that, but, I, but like, so much stuff going on right now. Yeah. You just like, don't even know what, what to so remember. It's so sad. And he, it, he's a good guy, and it's yeah, sad right now. He's friends with a friend of ours, so. Never heard mm-hmm. a bad thing about Terry Falk. No, yeah. I haven't heard no bad thing about. It's one of the reasons why I do this. You know what I mean? Because I like to hear stories. Mm-hmm. Like you're telling me stories about Booker T and Mr. Kennedy. It's like freaking awesome. You know what I mean? Dude, you don't even like. And, I remember just like do, like going out of Seven Eleven with Ken. Like to me, he's Ken Kennedy because like I just I, I was such a huge fan when I was a kid. Yeah. And like I'm like am I I'm like I'm about to go to Seven Eleven. I grew up down the street from a Seven Eleven. You know. So like mm-hmm. I'm like I'm about to go to a Seven Eleven and Ken Kennedy is driving me and his wife's <laughs> in the car. I'm like it's one of the, it is one of those moments where like I didn't pinch myself because I'm like no I've wanted this forever but like i do look back and in hindsight i'm like wow that's pretty crazy you know (laughs) ricky ricky steamboat was my um little like oh my gosh what the hell just happened to me like he's sitting there talking to somebody i'm waiting for yeah and you're like that's a god to you that's like like, oh is he gonna get up i want to autograph you picture that old school like grainy film with him and flair and oh yeah big time and i'm like and then he looks over and says oh sir sir um do you need anything i'm like Yes, I want autograph, but you're talking. I'll wait. Yeah, you know I mean, he's mm-hmm. like, no, 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 I can get you. Yeah, this is awesome. I'm like marking out in my head. I'm like, you're awesome. Means a lot to the performer, I think, too, in those moments. Just that was the same almost day. Almost just as much. The same day I talked to Shane Douglas, and Shane Douglas got up, and I'm like, you're short. <laughs> because, like, he was she bigger than life back in ECW yeah. to me, and I was a lot shorter. And, um, and I'm like, oh, you're short. And I'm like, oh. I didn't mean that. Sorry. And then we started talking about the arm drags. Oh, nice. I'm sorry. I'm. I'll speak I, up. I, so CW Animal, Chris. We can call him Chris right now um, because he's retired. It's now going by Chris Wright again. CW Anderson, you're yeah, talking CW about. Retired. Yeah. I saw that news the other day. No, was, you're never. You're just never watched gonna... him and Simon Diamond versus it was Hardcore Homecoming last night. I was watching it, but I was very tired. Were you there I, for that? No. I was. 
I was watching it for the first time last night. Oh, really? I never saw that show before. Oh, is that was on YouTube? No, or is it- no uh, Tremont let me borrow like his DVD of it. And oh, okay, I, cool. Because he was like, you've never seen this. I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> I was like, I need to. I love One Night Stand. See, I never grew I wasn't allowed to watch ECW when I was a kid. Dude. Really? I was, I was born in 1993. So, so you got to rem- gotta remember, like, I was like three when ECW hit its peak. Dude, was, <laughs> I, was, I, I remember getting There's no way I was allowed to watch it. We were, we were I, in middle school in 93. I remember getting You know the first time I saw it? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Going, um, you're never gonna believe this one. Like, what? He's like, I got the call to work for ECW. Wait, can I can I do something right now? Yeah, you want to pause? I want, no, you don't need to pause at all. One of my buddies, um, right now is calling. He'll he'll be so happy to hear I'm on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, just give me one second here. Yeah, no, no worries, no worries. Give me one moment here. But yeah, uh, can, yeah. What about CW Anderson? So we were doing something at the factory, and it was me, my brother, and CW, and we were all hanging out, and then went to have lunch with CW. And just hearing him, like, I'll have a burger uh-huh. with nothing on it and yeah. just lettuce. I'm like, okay. And just to hear him, the conversations, stuff like that at lunch, going through history and everything else. And and you've watched a lot of that. So you're like, holy crap. Right. right. Yeah. Like, it was him. Um, I'm not sure if you know anything about MCW, but Robbie and Rob. Okay. Yeah. The one Rob was there with us, Missy Sampson and my brother. We're all having lunch with CW and I'm like, that's really cool to hang out with somebody who's those moments like that. Those right. moments like that are insane. Yeah, I just wanted to say hello to a friend of mine real quick calling for, I, I can't talk to him often. Yo, Jimmy, I'm actually on a podcast right now. <laughs> say hello to the Bulls back home. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm doing a, a the podcast. Twenty three hundred wrestling podcast. I was trying to remember from the wristband you guys oh, gave me. It's and a, I was looking around for a logo and I don't see one in the studio. I'm sorry. It's our network is yeah, called the Inzaguri Network. The Inzaguri Network. I love that. I throw a mean Inzaguri. James E can attest. Correct. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, Jimmy, give me thirty seconds so I can, uh, and then I'll get right back to you. All right. <laughs> but uh, what do you call it? Is it cool to pause for a minute? Yeah, we can pause. We can yeah. pause. Give me ten minutes. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Didn't expect. No problem. Well, let's put an ad on. You like candy? I love candy. I like candy too. I love candy a lot. What about wrestling? How much do you like wrestling? I love wrestling. So, what if you can combine your love for candy and your love for wrestling? Oh my gosh, it's the sweetest thing in the world. So, at Candy of the Stars, they put them together. Together? Yes. They put wrestling and candy together. How? How? You gotta find out. Oh. Follow them at Candy to the Stars on Facebook to see all the candy creations. And you can also follow them at Twitter at K-A-R-I-M-E-N-A-S-H-E. Should we call them now? Hey, I got the number right here. Oh, what is it? You can call them at 718-687-8804. Oh, can you say that again? Once again, the number is 718-687-8804. They also specialize in chocolate lollipops. Ooh, let's get some. All right, I'm going. Let's go get in the car. Let's go. We're going to Disney World. All right. And we're back, and that was a nice hey, ad we just had. Sorry about was that. that a nice ad? It was beautiful. Amazing. It was, it was, yeah, it was beautiful. beautiful. Who, is, who, are, who are you guys' sponsors? Um, Just really, um, we just talked about it. You're silly to go? Yeah. Uh, yeah it's silly I was going to gonna go. put over someone over for Came you. Candy to the Stars, which actually got big news with professional nope. wrestling lately. They're called Candy to the Stars. They're out of New York. Nice. Yeah, we did a, I, I, I talked to her all once in a while. We're doing stuff with them. Like I like Candy. Yeah. Silly to go out of Wilmington, New Jersey. Wilmington, New Jersey. Wilmington, Delaware. Delaware. <laughs> anyway, we're okay, back. We're back. <laughs> um, so, um, do you have any pet peeves in the business? As as far as what? Like anything, like um, 
like some people don't like referees having their shirts untucked. Okay. Or, or like like doing certain certain stuff you don't like in the business. Yeah, I mean, like personally, I'm not gonna speak for anyone else, but like when I'm putting a match together, and like if I have a lot of input in that match, obviously if I'm with someone like Lucky this past week, like I'm gonna listen to Lucky Thirteen. Yeah. If I'm tag teaming with Tommy Rich, I'm going to listen to Tommy, Tommy Rich. Rich. If you know what I mean. But what if I'm putting a, like a match together with a student at H2O, or you know, it's undiscovered, or I want to try a few new things? A lot of the time, I would prefer not hitting a million maneuvers over and over <laughs> again for no reason. I love New Japan matches that do that after a body parts worked. Like if you sell me on like Kota Ibushi's neck getting worked, like elbows throughout the match like oh he messed up this hurricane rata and kenny omega threw him down now he's laying on his you're really putting over the neck so then later on when kenny omega hits six suplexes in a row and then a v trigger to the neck mm -hmm. it's like you're not only like that was awesome you're going oh my god that was, oh coda your neck like that's the way you react to it whereas a lot of the time when i'm watching a match like that oh that was cool damn that was cool that was awesome one two oh yeah and then i just whip out my phone or i'll start talking to someone else about something else but if you go oh that was awesome oh that was awesome and oh my god he landed on his shoulder on that one too and he's been working his arm the whole match or like remember when he did that thing earlier on his shoulders messed yeah. up when there's a when it pertains as long as it makes sense that's all i'm trying to say I'm, I, I'm I like okay a good when story the wrestler goes like this and try to get their arm back together again yeah like i hate going to fighting shows. spirit yeah i hate going to shows where if you see one match and then there's a match and then the third match is the same match as the first match. Mm -hmm. I, I that's a huge pet peeve. Like I hate seeing like if somebody's gonna hit a cannonball twice on match. Yeah. Then don't hit it in the next match. I agree. I think a lot of that has to do with. Um, I used to think that way until I was like I started doing shows every weekend, and right. I knew what I did best was not just what I did best, but also what I did safest. Right. And I think. There's a lot of overlap, especially when you're wrestling in a like a 40 mile bubble, for instance. If I'm yeah. work, if I'm gonna do an H2O show and then an, a KCW show and then an Outbreak show and then PCWA all in a month, right? Yeah. How many of those guys all train together? How many of those guys have been on the same show a million times together? Right. Like I've seen, yeah. I've seen Miles and Tim Taylor do the same match, like mm -hmm. four different companies. Mm -hmm. And like I've seen Craig Spitz, who will be on on another show. Mm -hmm. Do the same match. It's like seeing Liam Neeson do the same character in right. six different in movies. Or Tom Cruise run times. away from something for the eight millionth time. <laughs> because that's his thing. And he does it right. best. And it yeah. works. It and it makes over. money. And it does what it does. So that's the way I look at it. I, I agree. I think nowadays, though, when we were kids, it was a lot. Everyone was so different. Right, every wrestler yeah. looked. Wrestling was looked, different back then. Yeah, but I'm talking about characters. But all then, every character on Raw and WCW looked so different from each other, and they all did different moves and moved differently. And slowly over time, like when the Ruthless Aggression era came around, it became more of like a shoot style. Like you had your Angles, your Benoit's, your Guerreros, your Jericho's, all Correct. kind of wrestling. The cruiserweights, uppers, and a lot of those guys wore similar gear, and it kind of like slowly over time, the wrestling fan has been conditioned. To care less about that stuff that we cared about right. when we were really hardcore fans. You know what I'm saying? So we're missing the... Like, the I think that we're the old guys now, looking back and going, why are they doing the same move in every match? And it's like, if that eight-year-old that's going crazy for each match doesn't care, who the hell are we to tell them that that's wrong? 
Yeah. Right. You know? So, um, if you're sitting at a table, um, five people, one's mm-hmm. one's you, so there's four people left. Out of your whole career, or somebody that you will love, like, grow up, and, like, The Undertaker, you said, Sean Yeah, okay. If you want to put them in the table. We're talking about, like, a round table discussion round table where I can just, like, discussion. pick people's brains. Four people have brains. And dead or alive? Doesn't matter. Dead or alive, All or right. it could be people that help. Like, you, Lance like, on a wife said his dad. Like uh, Matt Tremont or Pritchard. If I had to go with like people that I, I'll do two. Is that okay? Can yeah. I do ones of people that I've interacted with that yeah. I, and then like a dream one? I'll yeah, do, do that. Does yeah. that work? Okay. Uh, that would be yeah. great. I like that. All right. So if I had to do a real life one, I would love to sit at a table. I had four people to sit with Booker T because I can't get enough of Booker T. I just love <laughs> listening to the guy talk. Um, Matt, because I think Matt Tremont is an extremely underrated mind for the business. He is a super duper nice guy, and I think a lot of super duper nice guys go under the radar most of their career and then get a lot yeah. of credit. Like right now, everyone's finally coming out and saying, "Oh, you didn't know Glenn Jacobs was a, such a nice guy. Oh, he's such a sweet guy." Like you know, you know like, that for years. But, like, yeah, we have, but right. like the average fan hasn't. And like no. I think Matt Tremont has a lot. It's like there's a difference between the Undertaker and Mark Calloway. Yes. I think Matt Tremont has a lot to offer to a conversation about professional wrestling, and mm-hmm. I would just like those are two guys right there, Booker and Matt, that have never like touched in the business. You know what I mean? Their paths have never crossed. I just imagine those two just like yeah. like yeah. sharing experiences and understanding that each other. That'd be crazy. Um, people I've interacted with. <sighs> hmm. I, I, I regret not talking more to Mouth of the South Jimmy Hart when I was in Minneapolis. I like imagine how many guys that guy's managed, how many cars he's been in over the years. He wrote a lot of wrestlers' theme songs. A lot of people don't yeah, know. And he had a number one hit. Too. He did. He did. So yeah. that's somebody that I, I've met in real life that I would love. I would love to yeah. uh, like learn more from. And then, um, gosh, one more guy that like I'm trying. I'm thinking back to people that I've I, I've pa- crossed paths with. But yeah. then, like, didn't didn't dig, and I'm like, I want to dig more, and I'm like, hmm. Did you watch the Legend House that went on? Dark yeah, Network? Legend's House was awesome. When he talked about his daughter, Jimmy Hart. No, I didn't. Know, I don't remember that. Oh, she passed away a long time ago. Oh, I didn't know that. And Tore that me. hurt him so much, and it's like, oh my gosh. Oh yeah, when you but, start getting in touch with the guys' real lives, it's a oh totally different story. If I'm talking like straight wrestling knowledge, though, I'll go. I'll say Booker Dude. T, Matt Tremont, Jimmy Hart, Hart and then. Honestly, my 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 trainer right now, preacher Phineas James, a guy. My gosh. Guy's been around a long time. He he had stints in Ring of Honor, CCW. He's trained through there. He knows name? everyone. What was his name on, on Raw um, when he was the trash man? Ah, uh, oh, was, was, was it, it Earl or Earl the Trash Man? Or Earl the Trash Man. Something like so, that. Yeah. I'm sure I'm wrong, but like, <laughs> yeah. Just, but no, yeah. he got one fan to chant that one time, like the oh, week really? afterwards on Undiscovered. He he was on Undiscovered. Uh, I think I was that. That was funny. I think it was. I think it was me. <laughs> oh yeah, that would, that would make sense. That would make I, sense. I'm the I'm that one. You know what I mean? The hell yeah. is, that, that would guy. be my real life one. Dream one though. I've to, I've I, I we just lost Danny Havoc in the in the yeah. in uh, you know at H2O and that was that was he rough. Was a huge part of his show. Huge. huge. People don't understand. Like really don't Dude, understand I, the impact that guy had on wrestling in general. He he's someone that like he. That's the thing. Like I I I'm I th- I think I I've asked Matt and clear this up. But as far as I know. Danny Havoc gotten into wrestling through watching Deathmatch Wrestling. So, like, yeah. imagine, like, real quick, just fire off. For me, Shawn Michaels' Razor Ramon was the first thing I ever saw where I was like, all right, I'm watching this now. Like, yeah. what, what was your guys' first thing you remember? Like, real quick. Like, what was the watching first thing that, that hooked you on wrestling? Bret Hart versus Perfect. Bang. 91. All right, so. Magnum Dusty, 84. 
pure wrestling, pure wrestling. Ladder match, but still Sean and Razor, pure right, wrestling, yeah. right? Danny Havoc, the first thing he saw was death match, right? Yeah. So he just fell in love with it through that. Now imagine, like, that's, we can't judge that because he never saw Magnum right. and Dusty. Yeah. He never had seen Brett and Austin. And maybe if he did, he maybe he did, and maybe it didn't hook him like it hooked us. Yeah. But something in that death match style hooked him. Yeah. And he understood the wrestling that we love, too. The, it's all the same at the end of the day. It's just they tell their story differently with the, with the weapons. We tell it with maneuvers, and yeah. the, it, but the emotion is still the same. He could have, with his ability, athletic ability, his mind for the business, how creative he was, he could have made it anywhere. But he, CZW was the top deathmatch promotion in the United States, mm-hmm. and he made his name there, and that's where he wanted to stay. It wasn't complacency. It was he was living his dream. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, I always regret not talking to him. Um, I just wanted to get that out of the way because I think so much of that guy, and I barely got to even talk to him, but, like, just learning as much as I have the last yeah. few months. Like, what, a, what an individual and what a career he had for what he did insane but um as far as my fantasy table for uh, four guys with me dusty Rhodes because when he when he passed i uh i really i guess i was like emotional and i didn't know why because i never w- watched him perform i was too young but i realized as, as a wrestler how much knowledge was lost yes. and all i talk about all i hear talked about at nxt is how many guys learned from him and i'm like i'm never gonna get that now like that sucks yeah him roddy piper Shawn Michaels, Brad the Hitman Hart. And now one of Dusty's greatest adversaries is one of the head trainers of NXT, Steve Carino. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. (laughs) I never even realized that. Wow. Going back and watching. Yeah, because Dusty had that small time in ECW. You're right. Oh, my goodness. Going back, because I was there at Heat Wave 98 or 99 Mm -hmm. when it was him and Steve in the bull rope match, and I was standing there with um, Socha and Carboni and all them, and... It was when Paul had the... Yeah, Carboni of the teacher? Yes. Yeah, you know, I, yes. I, I didn't have him, but I... I, he, I is that awful? I went to Sun Valley and didn't have Carboni. Isn't yeah. that just a travesty? He's, he's Carboni's friend of ours. I really want to meet him one time, if you could bring him in, because yeah. I never had his class, but I should have. We and that's thought, a shame. He, he went so, to, he's at Garner Valley now. But I was there when he was at Sun Valley all four years, yeah. and they never put me in his English class or math, whatever he was. I That's never right. had I can, it. I can get you to the top. I just want to meet him one time. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, he, you know, he, my sister had him. Caitlin yeah. Simpson had him. And uh, she loved it. And she, she told me, too. She was like, I cannot believe you never. Like, he's obsessed with wrestling. And I was yeah. like, yeah. They, they, how did well, that, how did that never happen? I didn't he know. He trained that. for a little bit. He, he loves Warrior, right? His favorite's also Warrior. Yeah. yeah. See, yeah. I know all these things about him. Because like, I was like, people would tell me, like, how do you not, like, know Carboni? And I'm like, oh. Because I'm the I'm the kid me, wearing wrestling shirts at school. Give me give me your number. I'll give I'll call, um, talk to him. Bring me back before I move to Orlando in August, and, we'll, and I wanted him here on the podcast as well, and we can talk about my high school days. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm bringing us to the show up in um, Academy Hall in Pottstown, and he's sitting right there. And there's a guy on the show named Matt Vandal, uh-huh. and he was going by Scotty Vandal at that time. Scotty so, Vandal. So, Scotty Vandal. Okay, I like Vandal as a last name. His name. So, I'm re-announcing it, and I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, Maddie Vandal, he looks up and just gives me the finger. <laughs> but, back to the ECW story, I'm sitting there talking to Socha, and all of a sudden, here comes Carino and Dusty up the bleachers. And I get pushed out of the way. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, um... An honor to be pushed by such legends. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, um... And now I, you get a chance, try Carino's coffee. I, I'm gonna... He has coffee? Squared Circle Coffee. Mm. That's what it's called. What is it, like, online only? 
Yeah. I'll order some. Yeah, I'm definitely ordering some. Speaking of ordering, can I plug something real quick? Yeah, I'm go going to make a, a massive announcement right now. Yeah, I'm going to post it on social media after this. I'm opening my pro wrestling tees store tonight. Pro wrestling tees store? Pro wrestling tonight? tees tonight. The first design up is going to be my Johnny Novo's going H2O shirt. Is that the red one? No, no. Uh, we're talking about a new, whole new design. So the red one's gone forever. We're talking about a black T-shirt. Oh, there's a little cartoon of me doing this, my pose on it, po- pointing to an H2Ova with Johnny Nova going over the H2Ova. Yeah, I'll look at it before we um, Dad, we have to get more. Yes, I will. Uh, Check that out on ProWrestlingTees.com. Thank you. Thank you. I will send a message to Carbonian. Oh, yeah. When they try to get you to talk. Definitely. Just to, just to say hi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will do that. Before we end end this all up and all, um, because you wanted to talk about his whole life around there. Um, catering. The whole life. What was the best catering you ever um, to a show? Oh, really? Uh, I would say out of every indie show I've ever been to, I'd say most of them didn't have catering. Okay. But when I did, was it was it Dog? In when I faced Dave Dahl, yeah, was that dog? I think it was dog. Yeah. dog. Tony Luke sent like a hundred cheesesteaks to the you, locker room. I heard about that. Dave, yeah, Dave Ooh. was talking about that. That was a phenomenal moment Ooh. in my career. My gosh, yeah, that just that's what, had that was honestly one of those hand. milestones for me. I'm like, wow, they thought that much of us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Tony Luke sent a bunch of cheesesteaks over, and that was phenomenal. What was the hardest bump you ever had when training? In training, or just yeah. in general? In general, training, whatever. Mm. I know. I'm, I'm trying to end my questions. No worries. I would say hard. The the worst is always the stupidest things. I did a double axe handle off of the apron one time, just to the outside, okay. off of the apron. Like but savage did. Yeah, but off the apron, not even off the ropes, just off the apron. Yeah. And it jacked my back up a little bit. Oh shit! Just Ooh. because of the way, I, like, I didn't bend my knees right when I landed. Lesson learned, and I'm fine now. Right. But like, that was one where I was like, how did that hurt so much? Because yeah. it was literally just that. But uh, as far as like getting thrown, mm, probably probably one I don't remember now that I'm thinking about it. Probably one that knocked me a little loopy, but like not many of those. I'd say probably like a like a big whip kind of like power bomb type maneuver, something like that in training with someone who probably didn't know really what they were doing. Yeah. Something like that, not protecting me. <laughs> okay, I like to say this to everybody that comes on. When you become when you come onto our show, you become part of the family. So welcome to the family. Thank you, appreciate it. Uh, Honored to be here, man. Anything like if you like, I hey, love I need a ride things. somewhere. I'm here yeah. now. Okay. I appreciate that, man. I'm 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 here. I'm only here for two more months, but you that's, know that's you're always good. welcome at H two O. You know we're always there yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys are appreciated. So um, you got any social media? Um, any shows that you want to talk about? I know Monday you're gonna say Monday, but this is not gonna. Air, oh, so yeah. it's gonna be there's a lot on my head i mean i brought it'll, the pro it'll wrestling still be a monday though <laughs> it's gonna be a monday yeah pro yeah. wrestling tees uh dot com slash johnny nova uh that's that's over. yeah johnny nova's going over what do you expect you know but um <laughs> the pro wrestling tees store is huge for me I, like that's that's something i've been wanting to do for a long time and i didn't feel worthy and like now it's like it's a thing so that's awesome uh this friday July 3rd on IWTV is H2O Subterranean Violence Lucky 777. And I get to face the man that the pay-per-view was named after. I get to go one-on-one with Lucky 13 for the H2O Hybrid Championship. And, and now... Who, who, knows, who knows what this noise is in the background? Nobody knows. It could, it no. could be... 
could be a, a championship title. I, maybe. And now, Who if knows? I'm not mistaken, that is your <laughs> debut on the main roster. That is my official, like, Johnny Nova has arrived and is staying on the main roster show. I've done a couple of, like, quote-unquote dark matches that still were, like, on intermission for Fight TV and stuff. So, like, the H2O fans have seen me before, but, like, now they're going to see me a lot more. I'm here to stay. So, anytime you ever want to come on and talk, we can make a little segment and we'll talk whenever you want to talk i would love to definitely one more time before i move on down moving down to orlando mm. coming uh, at the end of the summer so i'm gonna still gonna be up here for h2o events but i don't know how how long i'm gonna be able to stay for those times so definitely one more time before i'm officially out i definitely want to come well, back i'll be i'll be in orlando in december so i'll look you up we will do episode two or three there Okay, I'm not going to be there, but... I know, I'll, I'll remote it. You can vlog, uh, zoom in, zoom I guess in. they call yeah. it now. Dude, I'll, I'll definitely zoom. remote it. Yeah, I mean, the New Day Zooms <laughs> their podcast, and I still listen to it. It's still a great podcast. They're all they're all like separate right now, so yeah. like, that makes sense. I, I like it. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Fist bumps all around. <laughs> and then hand sanitizer. Hey, DB, what you doing? Hey, what's going on? I'm looking outside. No, I'm getting a little hungry trying to figure out what I'm going to have for dinner. Oh, we're going to have something to eat? Yeah, and you know what? I'm thinking about ordering from this place in Wilmington, which is like your area. Oh, it's right around in my corner yeah. at Marsh Road, yeah. Right, so this place is called Siddley to go. Oh, are we going to go somewhere? Yeah, oh yeah. I had pizza from there the other night. It was so good. It was delicious. Anthony and Alex and the rest of the staff there make really good food. And now, they're even catering. Catering? Catering. That's the magic word. Right, that was a cheap pop, too. Oh, catering. Right. For you. So now... They are located at 1806 Marsh Road in Wilmington, Delaware. 19810. Thank you. They're Don't. open every day from Monday to Sunday from 10 to 10 and on Sundays 11 to 9. You can reach them at 302-475-9000. Since 1982, they've been around. Authentic Italian food. Mwah. Oh my gosh. That was a good one. That was Johnny a good Nova. one. I, I, Live here in the studio with It's us. amazing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy he um, threw away his trash. Um, it's a good thing. Yeah. Good job. Good job. I, I like that. He, he said he's going to see us on H2O and we didn't. We'll see him at H2O. We'll see him in a lot of other places because Johnny Nova is, is going Nova. over. And we'll see you next time and no one's half the battle. And we'll see you. At the movies? No. We'll see you oh. in the ring. Oh, in the ring.